We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. little bit of news we did not discuss, Sean, which I forgot also broke Thursday night while I'm sitting at dinner. Comes across my phone. Riley Mills is going to be the is going to be coming back next yeah. season. Now there's one more guy we're waiting on. Feel good there. But the potential of gee, what's this room going to look like next year? What's the defense going to look like next year with all the losses? We knew Cam was leaving. DJ Brown's out of eligibility. Javante Jean-Baptiste is out of eligibility. You're going to lose J.D. Bertrand. You know, you're going to lose Marist. But you lose Howard and Riley, you know, you're in a rebuild type of situation. Getting Riley Mills and Howard Cross back next year is a great foundation to build your defense around next season. And also, people ask, well, what about Xavier Watts? It's a lot more incentive for Xavier to come back now. Knowing he's got Morrison on that on that side, Christian Gray on that side, and those dudes up front. All yeah. right, we got a chance to still be special next year on defense. Yeah, I am overjoyed, man, that these young men are coming back. And you would think part of that is a reasonable expectation that something great can happen. That had to be part of their thinking. Howard Cross, Riley Mills, Jack Kaiser. You know, even Xavier Watts, as you mentioned, was still waiting on his decision. There has to be something in there to where they feel like, yo, next year can really be it. It can really be the special season we all came here to experience and to get to and take this program to. And so with that being said, you know, when you saw the Riley Mills, um, too, is it fair to say Riley Mills and Howard Cross represent what it means to outplay what people say you're supposed to in Notre Dame. For what I mean, like Howard Cross. I think, but see, Riley Mills once again is a guy that started outside, right? We started it, then moved outside. Moved outside, then picked up weight. Right now he's at three hundred. He's going through all these transformations, yeah, he, right? Yeah, outside in high school, inside right. his first two years, back out the end. Back to tackle, yes, correct. Right. And so now with Howard Cross, like, yo, it's 280 pounds, right? And these dudes literally as a combination, 
they're like the best at pressuring the quarterback, right? You look at their numbers and sacks, and you're like, okay, right. that might not be the guys that can like just literally push the sure. interior lineman well, back into the lap of the quarterback, but they find a way, well, whether it's stunts, yeah. getting into cracks, to be effective, impact the game. And Howard Cross with each year has kind of, like we said, I think we said it earlier this week on the show, like, okay, we thought Howard Cross would be, oh, he could be nice, could solid, be good, depth nice solid depth guy. Sure. And it's like, yo, he comes out this year and it's like, yo, it was almost like we were disappointed when he had an off game. Right. Like, and that's how you know a kid. And his version of an good. off game is kind of like, that's still pretty good from what we've seen in the position <laughs> in past years. Exactly. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, here's the thing. I, you know, they they weren't super disruptive from the standpoint of they didn't pile up a lot of tackles for loss and sacks. The starting mm-hmm. defensive tackles this year uh, combined for 11 and a half tackles for loss this season. And they only combined for uh, three and a half sacks. Cross had one. Mills had two and a half. Mm-hmm. But they led to it. I mean, if you watch Riley Mills' highlight tape when he put out when he's coming back, there's like four or five plays on there where he, the guy steps away from Riley and somebody else is there to sack him, right? One thing they'll have to get better on next year is they do need to get better at making more plays on the ball in it from a disruptive standpoint. Mm-hmm. But part of the reason – so, like, because like, here's an interesting thing. Like, Notre Dame this year – if you look at their numbers, they had a very odd statistical situation this year. So last year, Notre Dame gave up 23 points a game. Mm-hmm. They dropped a touchdown off of that this year, and they gave up 16.6 against what I would argue is a little bit tougher schedule than last year, just top to bottom. The, the offenses they played last year at the top were better than the offenses they played this year at the top, but there was much better depth uh, this season. But you give up a touchdown less per game. Your your offensive your defensive overall you went from three hundred twenty nine point three points per game or yards per game to two hundred and eighty two point two. You go from five point two yards per play to four point four yards per play. Mm-hmm. Having said that, they had significantly fewer tackles for loss and significantly fewer sacks this season than they did last season because it was just a steady high level of play. Next year, you'd like to see them be more disruptive. But here's an interesting statistic. I went back and and looked at this and counted this up, Sean. And so I took the starting two, and then I took the depth at the position. And going back to 2014, because that's when Notre Dame moved to a four-down line. Because it's hard to compare to 2013, because, you know, or 2012, because Cap and Stefan were both edge players, technically. 
Or you could have counted them both as interior guys, depending on how you wanted to look at it. But it's just different, different type of production. But going back to 2014, the most total tackles that Notre Dame got from the from the two starting defensive tackles was 82, 86 in 2017. Mm. And they had 109 this season. In 12, now keep in mind that 86 counted 13 games. This 109 is only in 12. The last five years, the starting defensive tackles combined for 62, 77, 36, 47, 52 tackles. They've doubled it up. So they did make a lot more plays on the ball, like at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Now it's about making more of those plays where you have a chance to finish. Because if Riley Mills would have finished on half the plays he missed on, he's at like nine, 10 tackles for loss and five, set, five six mm-hmm. sets. I mean, he really is. That's part of the learning process, coming off the edge as opposed to right up the middle. But those disruptions led to other Howard Cross making plays and then vice versa, and they would help the edge players. The total defensive tackle depth chart had 155 tackles this year in 12 games. The next closest they had was in 2021 when they named when they had 129 in 13 games. Mm-hmm. And then prior to that, the five years prior to that, it was 71, 86, 88, 109, 114. And then the two years before that was 80 and 94. So what you've seen in the, in under Mark, since Marcus Freeman has arrived is a lot more on-ball production, consistent play after play, not the tackles for loss and sacks, but just the consistent on-ball production from the running back, from the defensive line which is a complaint that we had for years because they it was always like, you know, they're the closest to the line. Let them eat. And they did that this year. That was one of my beefs with Al Golden last year. It's like stop using the defensive line to occupy blocks for your linebackers. Mm-hmm. People say, man, why, did J.D. Bertrand not have a very good year this year? Like his tackle production went way down. I mean, J.D. JD in 2021 averaged, you know, 7.8 tackles per game. You know, last year had 82 in 12 games. This year in, tw- in 11 games he had 75. And and you know your 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 next leading you know you had Marist had fifty eight last year Jack had or Jack had fifty eight Marist had fifty one, you know your top four guys were non defensive linemen this year you know it's like Jack had fifty nine but Marist only had forty four and you just didn't and you're like what happened nothing happened the guys closest to the ball made more plays so they were making tackles before JD or Jack or Marist or Xavier or whoever else could get there. And and we've seen that kind of growth. Marcus Freeman had 129 his first year, and then this past year 155, and that's in one fewer game. So you know that's something we've seen too, and that's something that you can expect now to continue since you're getting so much of that position group back next season. And yeah, you're losing Nana and 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 Javante Jean Baptiste, who had 47 tackles this year. Javante did. Nana had 20, so that's 67 tackles from that big end position. So you had a lot of production. This year, Sean, from from a purest tackle standpoint, from your from your defensive line, Jordan Patel had twenty seven, Josh mm-hmm. Burnham had sixteen, Junior Tulamak had ten. So yeah, that's a lot of tackles from your defensive line, much more than we're used to seeing Notre Dame get. And so to see them go out this season and do that, and now almost all of that's coming back next year, and it's exciting because I've said before, Sean, if you cannot be a championship defense, if you're not good right up the middle. Right up the middle. Now Notre Dame's going to have a great chance to be an elite interior defensive line. And that's that's in every sport. It's funny how that resonates through every single sport. Like the best catcher, way to get, shortstop, 
Center field, yep. Yo, you get good up the middle, all of a sudden, everything else seems to be great all around it, right? Because, you know, even, dude, I think about the Blackhawks, and everybody talks about the beauty of Patrick Kane. It's like, hey, Jonathan Tays at center was the, that was the guy. Like, he was the anchor, and that's why he wore the C on his chest. And you talk about Notre Dame and his defense, man, you want to talk about the ceiling for this Notre Dame defense next year. You don't even ask us. Can, do they have a chance to be better than this year? Yes. Sure. sure. Yes. Yes. They absolutely yeah. have a chance to be better. And it's like, yo, what, what? Go ahead. Somebody in the chat's like, Sean just lost Brian. Because you start talking about hockey, and they yeah. know, like, I don't have a freaking clue what he's talking oh. about. Like, oh, yeah, sure, Blackhawks. Yeah, don't sounds worry. great. I didn't stay there too long. I brought it right back. You stuff up, and I'd be like, yeah, sure, sounds great. And I'm like, I don't have a clue what he's talking about. Man, look, you gave the baseball reference. I threw a little hockey in there. Yeah, it's all good. It's man. all good. We I had to go right with a sport back. I knew. We bring it right back to Notre Dame, and, and, and there we are. But, no, it is absolutely astounding that the feeling around the program and in the fan base just a little bit over two weeks ago and now to sit here on this saturday evening and after that that practice today and to hear things and to see how things are going in the portal and yo sign a day in a couple of days and it's like <laughs> dude i I, it was funny on a recruiting show yesterday. I literally said, man, I got to talk to Brian about my assignment for the spring, first spring practice. I said, because my assignment is usually defensive line and wide receivers. <laughs> I said, there's some other, there's some other competitions I want to watch. <laughs> I, said, I might have to talk to him about getting reassigned this spring. Yeah. You know? But that's like, what well, I, I was supposed to watch this, but uh, right. I'm going to be real with you. I, uh, I didn't. Right. Yeah. This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, which means it's a time for giving. Giving to our community is important. And there's always joy in giving to our friends and family. We also need to ensure that we are properly focused on giving to ourselves and making sure we're taking steps to give ourselves the tools we need to get through the tough times. And the holidays are a perfect time for that. It's important to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. There are ways to make sure you have the tools to be the best version of yourself. And that's not something that's only for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving... Give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish. But can I say something else about this too? Mm. Um, he, he, here's, here's the thing, Sean, that I'll say is this. We're worried about the offensive line next year, right? Mm -hmm. Young. 
Well, this is the kind of D line that's going to be great for Joe Rudolph and Jared Parker to get a really good gauge on how they're developing. Mm-hmm. Because in spring practice, fall camp, I mean, you know, they just said that they're just now moving to, um, you know, scout team stuff now, but the first five, six practices were good on good, right? Mm-hmm. You talk about the 15 spring practices, all good on good. Like somebody in the chat last week was like, well, you know, uh, first team offenses and defenses don't never go against each other. I'm like, they absolutely do. All mm-hmm. spring, the first two to two and a half weeks of fall camp is nothing but good on good. So there's a lot of reps you're getting in good on good. But um, you, it's kind of like what Mike Elko said about the D line in 27 or the O line in 2017. It was the reverse. Mm-hmm. He called them human lie detectors. It's like, if you're not ready, if you know, we knew exactly They're how good we were. Know. Yeah. Right. And and it's going to be the other way around. So, like, when you look at this all, young offensive line, like, if they go out there and have a good day in fall camp, you're like, hey, we might be all right. You know, we might be okay because we've had a couple pretty good days that are on the offensive line and we're doing that against those dudes. Yeah. We're going to be all right. And that's a good thing because, hey, you, you can't get away with stuff we've seen in the past, Sean, where. You know, like I think part of the reason that the defensive line struggled early in 2021 mm-hmm. is because they have a little bit of an inflated sense of how good they were because they had been dominating a pretty bad offensive line all camp. Yeah. And then it took them a couple games to figure out, like, okay, and then they were fine. Yeah. Right. And then you you look at the 2017 D line and it's like they didn't think that there was a question like, how good are these guys really? Like, hey, we're going to be fine because I promise you we're never going to play an offensive line like that on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. And they were correct. <laughs> and so they could go toe-to-toe with Georgia right. and keep Georgia in check and knock and, 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 and stalemate or win some battles because they're like, dude, we've been going against our O-line every day. We're, we're right. fine. You know, and so that's going to be something that's really important for this offensive line yeah. as well is having Riley Mills back, having Howard Cross back. And then it could be a thing where Billy Shrout is getting his butt kicked and Howard can go up and talk to him. Hey, man, listen, this is what's going on. Every time right. you do this, I know you're going to do this and I can counter with this. That's part of development that, that that goes on with good football teams. But you're not listening to Donovan Heinish tell you that or Armel Mookum tell you that or, or, or Devin Houston tell you that, even though they may know exactly what they're talking about. You're like, dude, you're, you're a freshman or you're a sophomore, right? You're a young guy. But when Howard crosses – now, you may listen to Donovan in two years tell you that because he's going to be a veteran, right? But mm-hmm. you're going to listen – but when Riley Mills tells you, hey, man, here's why I'm kicking your butt every day, work, try this, try that, that's where you want to be, to be honest with you. And so that's where this D-line, too, is that – as I believe that a, a real, being really good here can make you better on the other side of the ball mm-hmm. because you know this is – hey, look, if we can handle these guys, we can handle anybody on our schedule. can, can believe that. And that's another area where they can be of a great – be great back. I, I think that is – like I said, I think the offensive line for me – it's not a worry for me. It's a question. It's a question mark. And we'll see what the answer ends up being. Do they become a really good offensive line? Do they become okay? They're good enough. Like they offensive line next year does not need to be the 2017 offensive line for Notre Dame to win games. Mm-hmm. They don't. So now me knowing that, and my expectation is already, you know, me, I'm like, dude. I don't expect that O-line as young as they are to come out firing. Okay, 
they have the talent to where if they click, okay, they click. But I would expect to put a little bit more on Riley Leonard and the wide receivers early. And the running game might not be to the level that it gets to throughout the season. But that's a far cry from what we've seen where the, you lean on the running game early at Notre Dame and try to develop the passing game as the season goes on. And so, you know, what we might see might be unconventional as far as the Notre Dame offense because that offensive line, and it's not that they're not good enough or talented, they're young. And the more games they play, the better they will get. A great example we see before us, you go watch that Alabama, the young Alabama offensive line, watch them the first two or three games, and you'll say, ugh. Yeah. You'll laugh at Caden Proctor like, oh, yeah. I thought you were supposed to be the dude. And then go watch Caden Proctor and Latham against Georgia. We were talking, you and I were talking about that today. Yeah. I've never seen Georgia get bullied like that since no. Kirby really got there. No. Um, just It looked like Notre Dame USC 2017. Just I mean, that. and that's, that's so, I'm not, personally, I'm not worried about the offensive line, right? Wor- I wouldn't use the word worry. Question? Yes. Intrigued to see how it turns out? Yes. But I think this is a year that kind of sets up because of, and I think they've done a great job of identifying and understanding like, okay, if we're going to have this issue, this is the best way to support this issue. Like if we're going to have a young offensive line, let's get the veteran quarterback behind that offensive line instead of a young quarterback behind the offensive line and then give the veteran some veteran productive wide receivers outside so we can lean on this passing game and develop that because we know the running backs are good enough, but and the quarterback can run. Yeah. So we'll impact it that way. That is something that I think they've done a great job of looking down the road, sure. mapping out and saying, okay, this is how we can really attack 2024 offensively and allow this offensive line, this young inexperienced offensive line to get better. As a seat, because like we said, oh, this is a great schedule to play a young quarterback. Well, this is a great schedule to play a young offensive line. One thing I know for sure, Sean, when we get to the final practice, open practices of the fall, mm-hmm. we'll have a pretty good idea of how good the offensive line is mm-hmm. because of what we saw, what we are expecting to see from the defensive line.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com